Welcome to Talks News, your only source into cancel culture. I'm your host, the wacko weirdo rebel scum Jedi hero. And we've got a couple of segments today. Uh, one coming from Daily Wire's Matt Walsh on how culture cancel culture mobs. Wait, it says cancel culture mob gets conservative actress fired. Feeding into that tyrannical oppression they feel just because just because and then we have tucker carlson on why the left wants to shut down fox news will there be any truth to any of these find out now on talks news but first you like that like traditional news segue thing that i just did there that's how you do it but first we want to begin oh oh i just restarted the outro rather than letting it slowly fade into the quiet night so we have uh first i think we're since the segments are a bit short and i usually try to fill an hour for the podcast um we have the impeachment trial going live right now trump's attorney uh michael van der veen wow what a name michael van der veen um his defense is being propped up right now so let's check it out the direct quote was documented in the founding fathers original legal papers do i have those with me happening now on the subject we're recording this. he was the primary draftsman of the constitution who taught the new constitution to pre president washington he says so long as acts of elected officials like mr trump are constitutionally protected he should not be impeached we have landmark u.s supreme court decisions wood and bonds which i'll explain in detail supporting our position all of this, the House managers and the partisan law professors completely and misleadingly ignore. Frivolous? Hardly. The, the letter is a bully tactic, and I think evidence is the House managers know they have a problem with the First Amendment defense on the merits. So, uh, so he's been arguing for a minute. I've been listening to it here, how uh, Congress cannot uh, police the president's speech. They cannot hold him accountable for his speech per the First Amendment. The unfortunate thing is, is that a Supreme Court ruling did uh, kind of uh, rule that uh, incitement to riot, which, again, is a charge brought up against President Trump. Incitement to riot is not protected by the First Amendment. That was a Supreme Court ruling. Can't remember the specific case that it was. Um, that's for the Googlers. But, uh, you know, I'll let him speak a little bit more and I'll find the case here. But it uh, Supreme Court ruling not in Trump's favor in this argument. Protections. We are here under the Constitution. It is illogical what the House managers say. The Constitution does apply to this constitutional impeachment process. It's double talk, nonsense, illogical. If the House managers had their way, they would ignore... I mean, I really like that he said that it is double talk, even though the, the correct term is double speak. But again, trying to get all these conservatives to feel like we're living in an Orwellian dystopia. Lawyers. And who would be next? It could be anyone. One of you. Or one of you. You must reject this invitation to ignore the First Amendment. 
All right, so imminent lawless action is a standard currently used that was established by the United States Supreme Court in Brandenburg v. Ohio in 1969 for defining the limits of freedom of speech. Brandenburg clarified what a const what constituted a clear and present danger. The standard established by Schneck v. United States in 1919 and overruled uh, Whitney v. California 1927 which had held that speech that merely advocated violence could be made illegal. Under the imminent lawless action test, speech is not protected by the First Amendment if the speaker intends to incite a violation of the law that is both imminent and likely. So, his argument, if he was a lawyer, he would easily know, is uh, a bad argument. Asked free speech rights because he is an elected official like honestly how the fuck does a random dude with a podcast know that and this lawyer just simply ignores it he's either ignoring it or is completely ignorant of the ruling intellectual dishonesty the supreme court has long held that the first amendment's right to freedom of speech protects elected officials two important on-point decisions for the Supreme Court, Wood versus Georgia and Bond versus Floyd, expressly contradict the House manager's position. It's very fascinating that he's aware of these two cases, but unfortunately uh, is unaware of the case that I just told you about, Bradenburg uh, v. Ohio. On them yesterday in Wood, versus Georgia, the Supreme Court addressed a case involving a sitting sheriff whose re-election was being investigated by a grand jury and paneled by a judge based on allegations of irregular Negro block voting. It was in the Whoa. 60s. The sheriff spoke publicly Whoa. in multiple press releases calling the grand jury. He did not need to say that. Wow, that clip is probably going to go viral. Oh, wow. Like, it's not in the 1960s anymore, dude. Like, you did not need to use that. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, this uh, this specific case that he's arguing here is not as uh, applicable as Brandenburg v. Ohio. Um, it specifically has to do with rumors and accusations. Um, and it has to uh, do with the use of inane and inexplicable pattern of N-word block voting. You could have said black people, honestly, but like, wow, he actually dropped the N-bomb as if he's in the 1960s and it's still okay. That's amazing. Contempt of court and obstruction of the grand jury. But the Supreme Court, in a decision written by Justice Brennan, reversed. The court held that the First Amendment protected an elected public official's speech because the voting controversy directly affected the sheriff's political career. G29. The petitioner was an elected official and had, read with me, please, everybody. The petitioner was an elected official and had the right to enter the field of political controversy particularly where his political life was at stake. The role that elected officials play in our society makes it all the more imperative that they be allowed freely to express themselves on matters of current public importance. So he's basically arguing that Trump is immune because of political office. 
And so if we're going to assume that uh, Brandenburg v. Ohio doesn't apply to elected officials, but only applies to those who aren't elected officials, then we're starting to see a bit of a, like a, a, an unjust system. Then like there's there's obvious privilege to be in a political office and incite riots because th- he's arguing that 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 it's at stake of their political life or career. So um, what a horrible argument to make, um, basically putting politicians on a pedestal for their First Amendment rights above everybody else. Bond is particularly instructive here, too. In Bond, the Supreme Court squarely addressed the question of an elected official's punishment by a legislature for statements alleged to have incited public violation of the law, the burning of draft cards. The court unequivocally rejected the idea, advanced here by the House managers, that an elected official is entitled to no protection under the First Amendment. The Supreme Court held that the Georgia House of Representatives was in fact forbidden by the First Amendment from punishing Bond by not seating him for advocating against the policy of the United States. There are three fundamental holdings in Bond. One, the manifest function of the First Amendment in a representative government requires that legislators be given the widest latitude to express their views on issues of policy. Two, just as erroneous statements must be protected to give freedom of expression the breathing space it needs to survive, so statements criticizing public policy and the implementation of it must be similarly protected. Third holding. Legislators have an obligation to take positions on controversial political questions so that their constituents can be fully informed by them and be better able to assess their qualifications. Please read along with me. Their qualifications for office. Also, so they may be represented in governmental debates by the person they have elected to represent them. Mr. Trump enjoys this same First Amendment protection from Congress. The First Amendment's protections guarantee free speech addressing the electoral integrity issues essential to his career that Mr. Trump has consistently advocated. So what he's basically arguing here is that it's okay for elected officials to peddle conspiracy theories because it's well within their right to take positions that may be controversial. no, I, I, I don't like that idea, and I think uh, that Brandenburg v. Ohio should be upheld in that incitement to action or lawlessness by an elected official um, or by anybody should be upheld by the law. So um, genu- genuinely disagree with his reading of the First Amendment and the cherry-picked uh, Supreme Court cases that he decided to go with. So there, there's a little sample of the defense that's going on today. Today is solely focused on Trump's defense. I think that the trial itself is supposed to be wrapped up by tomorrow at the time of this recording on Saturday, February 13th. And I'm not sure if they're going to have a ruling by then, but uh, that's apparently when most of it's supposed to be wrapped up. Uh, but moving on here, we're going to get into Daily Wire's Matt Walsh and how cancel culture mob got a conservative actress fired. 
Lego. You probably know I'm not a fan of Disney or Star Wars uh, and uh, had never seen The Mandalorian or heard the name Gina Carano uh, before yesterday. What I learned about Ms. Carano, though, from reading mainstream media headlines and sifting through some of the tweets under the fire Gina Carano hashtag. So, I mean, literally the only reason why Matt Walsh got connected into this story itself is because Gina Carano is a public conservative. She's openly conservative. And honestly, too, she spread her posts have a lot of conspiratorial thoughts to them as well. So I would say that she's a little bit more far right leaning. Um, I haven't seen necessarily any siding with like militias or other groups like Marjorie Green Taylor and Laura Laura Bobert, but um, we are seeing her kind of peddling a bit of transphobia and some conspiracy theories, especially when it comes to the election. So, tag is that she's a bigot and a psychopath and a transphobe and an anti Semite and a danger to herself and others. I don't necessarily agree with all of the adjectives that he threw on there, but um, when you're a public speaker and you're pushing out the same kind of misinformation that everybody else has been punished on Twitter for, um, you, you got to kind of wonder whether or not the ban hammer was justified. And the thing that I found is that this is not like Gina Carano was not fired off of this one event of the uh, Holocaust posting. Um, and Matt Walsh will get into that further, but she was, I found articles that are over a month old of people either hashtagging fire Gina Carano. Um, one of them was following a COVID-19 memorial post made by uh, Lucasfilm. And there was a time that uh, John Favreau, who uh, works with Disney a lot, he directed The Jungle Book and I think Iron Man 2. Um, John Fav uh, Favreau, oh, he also made Swingers, you know, if you know Swingers. Uh, John Favreau um, uh, reportedly stopped Disney from firing Mandalorian star Gina Carano. And he doesn't necessarily take political positions. He just didn't see it fit to fire somebody for their, uh, their political views. And the fellow star of the Mandalorian also um, showed solidarity about a month ago with Gina Carano, Pedro Pascal, I think his name is. Uh, he also made it clear that he was not okay with uh, them firing her based on her political views. The difficulty thing is, though, is with like how open she was with her political views constantly like making every tweet almost about that stuff so um disney kind of felt the pressure from the mob and uh you know from the hashtag warriors to let go of gina carano although she seemed to kind of be an imploding star on herself because she could not stop uh posting these controversial views i learned that she has now been booted from her role on the mandalorian and fired by disney a cause for celebration I'm told, after an Instagram post that became sort of the final straw. That post has been reported by media outlets like USA Today and Chicago Sun-Times as straightforwardly anti-Semitic. Not even like some people claim it's anti-Semitic or some people see it as anti-Semitic, but that it is just simply anti-Semitic. This Gina Carano person, I mean, she seems like a pretty unsavory character. Anti-Semitic posts, transphobic, she's bigoted, all these things. Pretty, pretty bad. Or she would seem that way to anyone stupid enough to still take the popular narrative at face value. The rest of us will want to do a little bit more research into the topic and form our own judgments. It doesn't, it doesn't take much research to discover that the narrative is, once again, completely and utterly bogus. So what did the now-deleted Instagram post that has been dubbed anti-Semitic by not only the media but her former employer actually say? I mean, Lucasfilm sent out a statement declaring that Carano's 
Quote, social media posts denigrating people based on their cultural and religious religious beliefs are abhorrent and unacceptable. Abhorrent and unacceptable. I think the the I'm not sure the wording of the Disney thing was completely 100 percent, but I don't know how everybody necessarily feels about it. Um, The thing about saying that, you know, conservatives views being opposed is like being a Jew in Nazi Germany. It's just not a great equivalency to make. And I went and did a Twitter post about it. So I'm just going to scroll down and read it because it's uh, it's much easier for me to do that. Uh, Let me see here. Um, So I began by saying, of course, conservatives are mad about Gina Carano because their imagined oppression is a collective imagined oppression. Having your political views opposed is nowhere near being moved into concentration camps. Being fired from a job for comments you made that that you did of your free will is not the same as being fired for simply existing as a Jew. Being in overcrowded detention centers separated from your family with a lack of basic human rights while conservatives ignore your suffering is a much more apt comparison as to how quote-unquote neighbors persecuted the Jews. That's genuinely how I feel. Uh, The right wing did spend most of Trump's presidency denigrating and dehumanizing asylum seekers, saying that they were an invading caravan of illegal immigrants or illegal aliens. And so that language is much more fit to the comparison of how uh, Jews were treated just before moving into the concentration camps. This is the, the dehumanizing of asylum seekers and immigrants is much more apt in this comparison rather than conservatives who are having a hard time expressing their views, which do tend to be on the side of exclusionary racism, transphobia, xenophobia, like a lot of these, and it feeds into this idea of American exceptionalist nationalism that conservatives have really been garnering under Trump's presidency. Um, So let's just acknowledge that. Matt Walsh isn't going to, but we did. Is there any basis for this charge? Well, decide for yourself. The post in question appears to be a screenshot of somebody else. And like I said, it's not just this one post. This has been going on for at least a month, as far as I can tell from the articles that I have found before, because she also uh, questioned the efficacy of the vaccines, um, which also feed into like the anti-vaxxer conspiracy theories. And then she also posted about mail-in voting and voting fraud, um, which feeds into Trump's conspiracy theories that this was a stolen election. So she's a little bit more far right than we're admitting here. Elsa's post, which Carano had reposted to her own Instagram. It says, this is what it says. Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. Because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? I mean, it's the same thing as that, like the right wing media got everyone to or or at least those who consume uh, right wing media earnestly. They got them to dehumanize and fervently oppose BLM just for being a part of BLM. So like the whole time, everybody's saying, like, we agree that what happened to George Floyd was wrong and there needs to be police reform. But you guys can't keep going out in the streets and being rioting criminals, destroying the country. And so that's that kind of ad hominem kind of dehumanizing that they did all summer long, even though 97 percent of the protests were peaceful protests. 
protests and we had or 93% and then we had 7% that were riots. And even though that 7% may be large, all that 93%, 100% were eventually moved under that rioter banner because that allowed them to oppose without necessarily taking in any actual views or any actual goal of the protest movements. That's it. That was the post. Anti-Semitic? Denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities? What? It's, 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 the, it's the opposite of that, actually. See, and that's why I don't necessarily agree with the perspective that Disney had put out, especially with Disney having, like, Walt Disney having huge anti-Semitic views back in the day. Um, but the, 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 I think the fundamental problem here is the conspiracy of conservatives being oppressed for being conservatives, feeding that narrative. And just like I said earlier, it's not an apt comparison to say that conservatives in their views being opposed is like being a Jew in Nazi Germany. It's just not apt. She is comparing our current political environment to Nazi Germany in an unfavorable way. She's not saying it's good that it's like this. And by the way, if making a Nazi comparison is anti-Semitic, then everyone in the country is a raging anti-Semite. As everyone knows, Nazi comparisons are the most common rhetorical strategy in any debate. They may be way overused, and they are, and overwrought, and they often are. And I agree with this because we tend to always do that when we see like authoritarian aspects or characteristics, when we do need to be a bit more focused on authoritarianism because uh, American fascism isn't going to look like Nazi or Germany fascism or Nazi fascism. It's going to it's going to have its own spin on it. That's going to be um, not so persecutive on Jews. I see it more focused probably on immigrants, uh, most likely and not the white kind, but the brown kind. Um so we, we, I, th I think that the left needs to kind of restructure its arguments and rhetoric just a little bit, just tweak it slightly to just kind of focus on authoritarianism rather than constantly trying to point out fascism or Nazism, just because that kind of zones it in when most of these regimes that most everybody disagrees with is actually fundamentally just authoritarian. But there's nothing shocking or offensive or abhorrent about this one single example of a thing that you can find in a billion other places on the internet. And the thing is, is that I would agree that it's abhorrent to think that conservatives, especially with a lot of them being middle class or upper class, saying that they're oppressed on the level of Jews, um, that that to me is abhorrent because, again, it's this collective imagined oppression that's just not really there. Their views are being opposed. And the unfortunate thing is, is that a lot of their views do fit in the realm of misinformation. And then the farther right that you go, it gets more conspiratorial. So this kind of disinformation campaign actually has to be opposed in a lot of variant ways with a diversity of tactics. Um, but again, they're living in a different reality at a, than, than a lot of people at this point. And so their imagined oppression does come from the fact that they are being opposed, but they're not being rounded up. They're not being crucified. Their lives aren't really at risk. Um, they're just being forced to go into their own gated community that says that you have to believe what we believe. Otherwise, you're a tyrannical oppressor. And everyone has done it. Jews and non-Jews alike. We, we have all been uh, guilty, apparently, at, at various points of, of making Nazi analogies. In fact, as Nazi analogies go, this, this one gets closer to the truth than most. I mean, she's correct that the...
And I say no, the, the, the treatment of asylum seekers at the southern border is much more closer than conservatives feeling like they're being opposed. Lead up to any Holocaust level atrocity always involves the dehumanization of a certain group of people. Now, I would say this has already happened in this country to the unborn. 60 million have been slaughtered because of it. Is it happening to conservatives too? Well, I mean, it's such like a contradict or like it's a paradoxical statement to say that the unborn have been dehumanized when they haven't been like even biologically humanized. So that's a that's a very weird uh, way to say that. But I guess you could like the through line there in this narrative spin is that like, of course, the leftists are all for genocide. Look at what they're doing to our unborn children. Um, so that, yeah, great spin there, Matt. We're not being rounded up and executed, obviously, but her point obviously. is simply to show where trends can lead when taken to their most violent extreme. Now, say what you want about that, but if you say that she's denigrating Jews somehow, then, well, you're lying. So I would say that she's denigrating the experience th that the Jews had had. Um, like I said, because most of the conservatives that are feeling this imagined oppression are a bit more comfortable, especially the ones who are feeding the narrative to the working class conservatives who don't necessarily have the same things come about them because they tend to keep their views either to themselves or don't necessarily try to oppose or offend others when they speak their political views. I'm, I've met conservatives who, who feel that uh, immigrants should be uh, um, assisted with human dignity. Um, which isn't necessarily afforded to immigrants by other conservatives who say that they're all criminal rapists. That's that dehumanizing language that can make it a lot easier for a conservative or basically anybody, as long as you dehumanize someone enough, somebody would be willing to commit violence against that person because they do not see the humanity within them. <sighs> Straight up. And I hope she has a team of lawyers ready to sue Lucasfilm for this defamation. That is defamation of character. They accused her of doing something that she absolutely did not do. It's not even that you can, you could interpret it in that way. You you cannot. And just like everybody else who has been ostracized by like mainstream Hollywood or society for their either like far, further right views or their just kind of, uh, I guess bigoted views. Um, they they go like um. What was what's his name? Uh, Brian Callen. He had a podcast that was somewhat popular called Fighter and the Kid with Brendan Schaub. And then Brian Callen had accusations of rape and molestation come, come out against him. And he had to leave that podcast. But what he ended up doing after that was creating a podcast that was all about conspiracy theories. And then he did a whole round on, I think, Dave Rubin's show. He was on uh, Candace Owens' show. He started doing right-wing shows throughout because obviously the right wing isn't really that concerned with the uh, rape allegations or molestation allegations that were made against Brian Callen because they like Brian Callen and they like what he has to say. So um, the same thing kind of happened here with Gina Carano is that now Daily Wire is going to make a movie with her because they like what she does. She, they like her views. So it's not necessarily like them being ostracized, getting canceled and their career falls apart. They go into that gated community of conservatism and continue to work on their misinformation propaganda machine. And no literate person could read what she posted and see that as her denigrating Jews. I think it denigrated their experience. But of course, sit here all day pulling examples of leftists making Nazi and Holocaust comparisons. They spent 
four years doing it relentlessly every day. And Donald Trump never staged any mass executions of any political dissidents. But again, his treatment of the immigrant asylum seekers uh, and refugees uh, and and the Muslim ban, um, that's that's a lot closer. That's a lot closer, especially when he banned Syria and Yemen, which is having like one of the largest refugee crises since the end of World War Two. So there is an apt comparison to a little bit of fascism in Donald Trump, especially with his ultra nationalist uh, characteristics. But there. Still, again, like I said, the left needs to refocus the argument into an anti-authoritarian because it's a much more apt uh, comparison before you really get into the exact dehumanization and rounding up of the asylum seekers. And the, the, the terrifying thing is, is that he rounded up all of these asylum seekers into these detention centers and then COVID happened. And so then they were trapped in this facility and it's not like they were gassing them but they had to suffer through a deadly virus while being uh uh being held you know and i think the other thing that happened during trump's presidency is that they were sterilizing women at the border so again that gets them much closer to a level of not quite genocide but um definitely uh that's that's a human rights violation i would i would say Yet they didn't stop anyone from calling him Hitler. We could even pull examples of... My favorite nickname of Trump was Twitler. But yeah. Of of other Disney actors on the same show making Nazi comparisons. Pedro Pascal, um, another actor on The Mandalorian, tweeted in 2018, uh, hashtag, this is America. And you can see it here. But again, it's a much more apt comparison. You see kids behind wires. In pinstripe suits in Germany, 1944. And then you see kids behind bars in America, 2018. It is a much more apt comparison. We didn't necessarily round them up, but they came to us and then we proceeded to keep them not in the same kind of work camps that Germany had, um, but we did keep them in concentration camps nonetheless. Here it says, he says, this is America, hashtag, with a picture of Jews in concentration camps in 1944. Um, on top of a picture of... I mean, I am genuinely interested in hearing Matt Walsh argue how this is a less apt comparison than the oppression of conservatives. Infamous kids in cages in America in 2018. So there's the Nazi comparison. Except that, as far as I could tell, that's not really from 2018. It's from 2010, and it's not from America either. Well, Wait, minor details. Oh, and by the way, it's, it's also... Those kids are all... Wait, what? That's from 2010? He, and he provides absolutely no proof to back up that claim. And it, it may be true because uh, Obama did have, I mean, Obama also set up these uh, concentration camps in tent cities as well. The only thing that makes the difference between the Trump presidency and the Obama presidency is that uh, Trump systematically separated families and then neglectfully was like the record keeping is so bad that thousands of kids are not going to be reunited with their family anytime soon. That, that's a big difference between Trump and Obama. I'm not going to praise Obama for building tent cities and concentration camps to keep families in. That's also abhorrent. But Trump took it a step further in the level of cruelty. Also not in a cage. You could tell if you look at the far left end of the, uh, of the photo there that there's, there's a, a large opening where the kids can come and go. Uh, you know, I can't tell 100%, but there does seem to be bars on the left 
it looks like an opening for them to get like served like those plastic bags that they're handing out. And one of the kids on the bottom is reaching up to grab one of those bags. So I don't think they're free to come and go. That uh, I, again, like, and he provides absolutely no no evidence to back up any of his claims. Like the fact that he can't even show that this is from 2010 um, just shows that he's only trying to do some whataboutism that everybody's aware of, especially the conservative media, that Obama too did also lock up immigrants and asylum seekers. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, again, Trump took it a step further in cruelty. So it's a picture of kids in cages in America in 2018, except it's not from 2018, it's not from America, and they're not in a cage. Hey, other than that... Again, say, he, he provides no evidence to back up this claim. He just says it. It's correctly labeled. In any case, despite common misconceptions, Trump was not rounding up and executing immigrants. He detained them, as Obama did and as Biden is doing right now, and then if they were here illegally... He yeah, Biden is dealing with the aftermath of Trump's policies, though. And the unfortunate thing is, is that um, Biden is turning away um, as new asylum seeking applications because of the way that Trump had organized the asylum seeking process. So um, I wish there was more that Biden could do. I don't like that Biden opened up yet another facility to house 4000 kids. Um, but we're dealing with like at least two years of Trump's uh, immigration policies because 2018 was when we saw a huge spike in asylum seekers. He sent them home. That is not at all even slightly analogous to Nazi Germany. No part of that is the same. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, before the uh, concentration camps were built, um, Hitler tried to send the Jews to other nations. The unfortunate thing was, though, is that no other nations wanted to take the Jews in. So with an overflow of Jews, Hitler had to come up with something. And so that's after... That's when he decided that, well, they're not really leaving far enough and we're working them to death, but they're not dying quick enough, so we got to start moving it faster and that's when the gas chambers and uh egregious execution started to come into place is because their countries of uh they were in their country of origin um but nobody would accept their refugee status and so so hitler did what hitler also when he invaded other countries started looking for the jews there to put them into concentration camps um that's not necessarily apt to Trump's, but the unfortunate thing is, is that, yeah, Trump didn't have to round them up because they came to him, but also, no, actually, Trump did round up people, is that he, the, the ICE started doing numerous raids, arresting people, and a lot of people who, like, there were a couple cases, too, that they were uh, U.S. citizens born in America, but their parents were immigrants, and they ended up being sent to their uh, their, their, their parents' country of origin. I think one was in Haiti and the other was in Syria. They were deported and they, one of them, they didn't speak Syrian, they didn't speak Haitian, but they were forced to stay there and try to survive with no resources. So there are some comparisons here to the Trump presidency a little bit. Although Trump did not take it to the final solution part, he didn't take it to work camps part, but he did, uh, 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 capture and hold uh, immigrants and refugees. That happened. That did happen. The, the only similarity is that both involved governments and both involved some form of detainment. So by Pedro's logic... But again, ICE did do raids. 
They did do that. Every government then is effectively a Nazi government, including the current one running this country right now. I mean, we're not going to argue that like most countries don't have authoritarian aspects to them. The thing that I love that George Carlin said is that we may have won World War II or we may have uh, defeated Germany, but believe me, fascism won the war. And that's because a lot of countries took notes from Germany. In fact, so much so that they granted citizenship to some of their scientists and proceeded to create inventions based off of Nazi Germany or Nazi scientists. So, But he wasn't fired for that. The reason has a lot to do with those pronouns that you can see in his bio, um, which function like the, the lamb's blood on the door signaling for the angel of cancellation to pass over. Incidentally, that's one of the other offensive things that Carano did or, or didn't do. Uh, one of the straws before the final one, apparently she refused to put pronouns in her bio. Now, that's really one of the things that made people mad at her. Is that no, it wasn't. It was the pronouns that she decided to put into her bio, which were beep, boop, and bop. So it sounds like you don't take uh, trans people very seriously and you think that their idea of wanting preferred pronouns is ridiculous and silly. So you made it silly. Uh, if Pedro Pascal has them in his bio, it's to show solidarity with other trans people that you are welcome in his book. By putting beep, bop, boop, that says your pronouns are not welcome in my in my point of view. You're, you are ridiculous and silly and as ridiculous and silly as beep, bop, and boop. But she didn't have pronouns in her bio. And then when she finally did, um, in, in reference to RT, R2D2, she, she said that her pronouns were boop, beep, boop. Which is... Which is which again, how, how do, that's not a reference to R2-D2. It's like, you can say that it is because he's a robot, but he makes a lot of sounds. He goes, Row! she's supposed to include that too to make sure that everybody gets the reference. Which is pretty funny. But you're not allowed to joke Which about the funny. sacred pronouns. We must not joke. That, that is heresy. One of seven it's not good to make fun of people who are marginalized during their marginalization. Several heretical outbursts from Carano, whose real sin, whose only sin, as far as the left is concerned, is that she doesn't agree with them. She has a number of views that do not align with leftism. She expressed those views, and that's why they wanted her destroyed. And ultimately, they... But when you're expressing your views, is it punching downwards? Are you, are you basically denigrating a marginalized group? That's the, that's the thing that's in question here. And most of the arguments that come from conservatives are, on are, are an attack on marginalized groups. They're pretty consistent with that. They got what they wanted. What do we learn from this? Well, um, nothing, really. I mean, we learned what we already knew, that we live in a time when rigid ideological conformity is demanded. Carano isn't being shipped off to a death camp, of course, but her case, her case does demonstrate the sort of dehumanization that you do find in our culture. Again, she hasn't been dehumanized because she was fired. That's No, that's not what's happening. She's being lied about and defamed. And the people doing it know what they're doing, and they don't care. They can look at that post she put up there. They know that's not anti-Semitic, and they also know that they themselves have made exactly that kind of point a million times. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's anti-Semitic, but it is pretty ignorant. But they're defaming her anyway. They honestly believe that anyone who disagrees with them deserves that treatment. You can lie about them and destroy them. It doesn't matter. They do not recognize any kind of moral obligation or standard when dealing with the cultural heretics. 
You can shut them down, shut them up, cast them out, lie about them. That's the only goal. So ironically, the point Karana was making in her supposedly offensive Instagram post has been aptly illustrated by the outrage response to it. Listen. Man, I really hope that they all get their stuff together, like all the conservatives. Today on the Matt Walsh Show, the cancel culture claims three victims last week. Oh my goodness, Matt. Accidentally clicked on that video. Um, But, you know, I hope that they all, like all the conservatives and all of these Ayn Randian people just kind of collect all their stuff, find an island and go create John's Gulch because they want to live in an alternative reality where like the nuclear family, conservative traditional values and social and conservative uh, social views are solely protected. And it, it's it's gatekeeping. It honestly is because it doesn't allow trans people. It doesn't allow people that don't fit inside the Judeo-Christian values. It doesn't fit uh, it, you know, until recently. And Dave Rubin is somehow trying to change it. It doesn't fit homosexuality. It doesn't fit immigrants or asylum seekers or refugees so like it would be great if they just decided to be like go somewhere so they can be left alone and so they can also leave others alone because obviously there is no agreement to the views at least at this point in time and i don't know if there ever will be in the united states so long as we have so many echo chambers constantly feeding the culture war that divides the working class people (sighs) all right so Wrapping it up with Tucker Carlson's Tucker Carlson tonight. Why the left wants to shut down Fox News. Let's cancel some more. Let's get them canceled. Let's do it. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Happy Thursday. So why are the Democrats so angry? We've asked that question a number of times. It doesn't seem to make any sense, truly. In November, the Democratic Party won everything. Full control of the federal government. So just before we really get into this, uh, Fox News has a study out on it that says that viewers of Fox News tend to be less informed than people who don't consume news whatsoever. And uh, Fox News, and then I have here from Insider in 2020, Fox News won a court case by persuasively arguing that no reasonable viewer takes Tucker Carlson seriously. So it's not about their views in themselves. It's about the misinformation that they peddle before we even get into all of this. It's about peddling misinformation and steering people away from anything that actually empowers them to be politically active. Government, they seethed for years while they were out of power, that made sense, but winning seemed to enrage them even more. Did you watch Democrats on television today at the impeachment hearings? They are crazy person mad, florid faced, irrational, yelling and making threats. It is bizarre. You'd think they get to work fixing the country they inherited, they promised to do that. Instead, they said about breaking things. (laughs) I like how he says that. And then whenever like Biden signs an executive order to steer steer the executive branch away from Trump's policies, he's like dictator. He's a dictator. He's a tyrant. But that's him literally putting to work to reverse the most corrosive effects of Trump's policies. Hurting people. What is going on here? Well, maybe it's intrinsic. There's a certain sort of low character person who becomes more vicious in victory. Power makes them mean. The Ottomans destroyed the cities they captured. There was never a good reason to do this, to kill people who had already been captured and who had surrendered. The Ottomans did it because they enjoyed it. Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi have a little bit of that in them, it looks like. That's hilarious. As if like the Ottomans were the only ones who did that. As if the Ottomans were the only ones who took slaves and then also killed like any survivors of the battles or of the of the destroyed cities. Okay. 
Imagine being Adam Schiff's landscaper or Nancy Pelosi's housekeeper or anyone at their command. Imagine how they treat the staff when no restaurant. How would they tip? You know the answer. They're the kind of people who flatter the boss and scream at the interns. They suck up and they Probably. spit down. Jeff Bezos is a god to them. You mean nothing. So naturally, the Democratic Party is constructing a world designed to serve Jeff Bezos. You're an afterthought in that world. If you get Which, like, Tucker Carlson is there to serve Rupert Murdoch, and you're an afterthought to his world. He even said in, in a podcast interview that he is Rupert Murdoch's bitch. What a shill. Get in the way, they will punish you. They already are punishing you. Your right to say and think what you want, to read and watch what you want, threatens them above all. Why? Because if you have access to information, you can form your own judgments, judgments that are independent of theirs. A free internet is their enemy. The moment they took power, they began a kind of counter-reformation against the free internet. They started the most sweeping mass censorship campaign in the history of this country, and it's accelerating even now. Yesterday, for example, Google pulled a pro-life news site off of YouTube. Why'd they do that? Simple. Google supports abortion. A lot of big corporations do. Children distract the labor force. If you're raising your family, you are not serving shareholders. Google doesn't want a debate on the subject, so they just shut the debate down. Hundreds of thousands of subscribers to LifeSite uh, News will no longer be watching videos that question abortion because they're not allowed to. Then today, Twitter shut down James O'Keefe's Project Veritas Twitter feed. Which, uh, s like, spreads so much disinformation and, like, takes a lot of uh, content out of context. Yeah, they're really, they're, they're, they're one of the biggest, like, misinformation uh, propagandists out there. So I'm not going to shed a tear over Project Veritas. I did kind of like what they did with the DNC back during 2016 because it kind of showed that politics are really dirty. But that was before I had realized that they have a severe uh, right-wing bias that basically they hide whatever the right-wing does the same way that Andy No does for, like, far-right. Like, instead of ridiculous? But here's the Tucker Carlson clip here. Religious. Re re yeah, now, you're not, now you got me thinking about <laughs> no, it. No, see, that doesn't work. Yeah, that's it's what gotta I'm saying. Be like, fast food nation was a good one. You yeah. know what I mean? Or supersize me. Yeah, supersize me. That's a great one. I totally agree with that. Was fast food nation Crucify me. That would have worked. How about God sucks? <laughs> that works too. Religious. Yeah, I don't know. Religious. I mean, beating up on religious people is too easy. I mean, come on. No like, way. Beating, up on, beating <laughs> up on Christians. Give me a break. What, the, what, we're supposed to sit around and let the Christians beat up on us for years and years and years but and not fight that? That's, that's ridiculous. I mean, the threat is from radical Muslims. And for but, some reason, the same people are always beating up on the evangelicals are always giving the Muslims a pass. Well, I give, you know, me, I give neither of You never hear Bill Maher, like, going after <laughs> them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Are you kidding me? He does a whole skits about fucking Ahmed and the bomb shot. Yeah, I'm glad he called him out on that because Bill Maher is, like, really Islamophobic. Stop. He, he he beats up on the Islam all the time. Yeah, are you kidding me? Come on, God, Tucker. I really? Because I hear, I mean, I'll, I'll take your word for it because I, I know you know much more of that than I do. But every time I've been on a show or, or heard him, I mean, it's always, you know, beating up on some snake handler in Kentucky hey, and not hurting anybody. Whatever that, you big, know? that big new network announcement you're going to give us in a week. Oh, about my new job? Yeah. I'm not getting a new job. You said, I'm just going to be hanging around the same no, old, no, hold on. unemployed, were you unshaven up? in his boxer shorts at noon kind of guy. Were you up for one and it fell through, or were no, you screwed? No, it's, dude, who'd employ me? I just, like, look, I've got the perfect life right now. I just, you know, I get up late, 
I go down. How do you pay your bills? Coffee, how read you, the newspapers, you know, you, stuff like that. Juice and cigarette. Go out to lunch. How do you pay your bills? Well, I'm like extraordinarily loaded just from like money I, you know, inherited from, from my number of trust funds. From the Swanson. <laughs> from the, yeah, totally. From the Swanson deal. Yeah. And this is supposedly the uh, populist Tucker Carlson here saying that he doesn't even really need to work. He's extremely loaded. And so here's the one on uh, Rupert Murdoch. Example, Sean Hannity was set to broadcast live from a tea party. And Rupert Murdoch the day before said, no, we don't support the Tea Party. We don't support the Republican Party. We don't support any party. And Rupert Murdoch did pull Hannity off of broadcasting live from the Tea Party. Yeah, I think it was a little bit more complicated than that. But it was, uh, I think it was a, it was a miscommunication. Um, but look, I mean, you can go to the Tea Party events. I've been to a lot of Tea Party events. I spoke at a Tea Party event. And I wasn't, you know, I'm not running as a Tea Party candidate. I'm not giving money to Tea Party people. I just, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a great place to reach people, you know. Sure, but I, but I, what I'm saying is, I, what I'm saying is, at that point, Rupert Murdoch didn't want Hannity broadcasting from there. Yeah, well, something happened, no doubt about that. I don't know if it was was it Murdoch. Yeah, it was because Murdoch got, got, received the question. They said, "Hey, you guys, Fox News are part of Murdoch's the most powerful man in America." I mean, Rupert Murdoch. I've got to give him credit. When you talk about media conglomerates, he really knows what he's doing. Yes, he, he is smart. He's very smart. Really yeah. smart and you're tough. His, you're his bitch. <laughs> I'm a hundred percent his bitch. Whatever Mr. Murdoch says, I do. Exactly. <laughs> you know how you treat your migrant workers that shine up your Bentley and stuff. That Robert Murdoch could treat you that way. Really? Yep. I would be honored if he would cane me the way I cane my workers, <laughs> my servants. One of them this morning, there was a spot on the back you couldn't see it, but on one of my wingtips, and whoa. You Hell to pay. He took an ass whipping for that, didn't he? Well, first I threw my pomegranate at him. He was across the room. Right. And uh, then the silver service. And I said, come here. And I kind of hobbled after him with one shoe on. I caught him finally. Yeah. He didn't. He, and he let you catch him because if he wouldn't have, if he would have kept running, that would have been more of an ass whipping like Kunta Kinta. I think he I think he enjoyed it. Yeah. Honestly. And that is the fake populist, real elitist Tucker Carlson right there admitting that he is 100% Rupert Murdoch's bitch so I think it's hilarious that he's going to accuse Democrats of being um, Jeff Bezos's bitch because he's so openly right-wing uh, propaganda bitch there was no justifiable reason to do this but no one in the media asked questions about it or appeared to consider it a problem quote project Veritas has been known Politico announced gravely to spread misinformation now, the person who wrote that sentence, a child reporter called Anna, whose Twitter handle brags she went to Cornell, didn't even bother to explain what that so-called misinformation was. But you know what it was. Project Veritas had criticized the people in charge. That's enough now. An Project Veritas has been accused many times. A lot of their like uh, people that they get on their videos have said that uh, James O'Keefe offered them $10,000 to basically lie. And you can find these cases throughout time because it's happened multiple times to them so uh it's very easy to find where exactly project veritas has made missteps so tucker carlson here obviously providing cover for them because rupert murdoch told him to anna didn't question that standard she seemed pleased to play a role in silencing grown-up reporters she thinks that's her job good work anna you work at politico now you get to be america's room monitor and tell the rest of us what to say how empowering all the child reporters feel that way that's why they're in favor of it so Project Veritas is off Twitter tonight, but the Red Guards still aren't satisfied.
They will not rest until there is not the a single guard. human being remaining in all American media who questions any of the platitudes that Anna and her friends memorized at Cornell in lieu of an I love how he's acting like this is like organized, like we have a vanguard who's going out shutting down conservatives for the sake of uh, a broader communist movement. He didn't exactly say it like that, but that's the kind of uh, implication by saying Red Guard. But uh, that's that's very funny. It's mostly disorganized and it's not even just communists. There's a lot of liberals who are joining on the bandwagon of shutting up conservatives for their misinformation campaigns. Actual education. But, but to right-wingers, there's no difference between liberals and communists. You cut a liberal and a communist bleeds to them. But that's not how the quote goes. Now, does it, Tucker? See, is our strength. Trans rights are human rights. Abortion is health care. They don't think about it. They just accept whatever the Central Committee decides is the slogan of the day. And anyone who mocks or disagrees with those slogans is silenced. In the Which is also very funny because the Republicans, like the, the elected officials have... Uh, like uh, daily morning briefings to go over the message of the day and right-wing media outlets uh, do the same with all of their pundits. It's it's so funny how they always project what they do and say that the other side is guilty of it. That's very funny to me. Name of diversity, we must have uniformity. Well, of all the impediments to achieving this goal of uniformity, those would include centuries of tradition, the First Amendment to the Constitution, the fact this was a free country. Of all of those, it's this channel, Fox News, that is the most significant hurdle to getting everyone to sing from the same song sheet. Fox is the last big organization in the American news media that differs in even the smallest ways from the other big news organizations. The only one, that's it, just us. At this point, there's everyone Look, else- I'm gonna find the study again. And it, it was reported by many people um, apparently NPR's listeners are best informed, but it came out in 2012, uh, that Fox viewers are the worst informed. Uh, you have the Daily Beast also reporting this. You have Rolling Stone, you have Mercury News, you had Mod B, you have HuffPost. You have a lot of people posting this survey when it came out in 2012, not survey, but a study that said watching only Fox News makes you less informed than watching no news at all. There's evidence a full-on evidence that says how bad fox news is for you so him saying that they are the only bastion to information and knowledge and freedom no he's he's actually arguing against your best interest to dig you further into the rabbit hole of being misinformed the media standing and it's so obvious too after that clip how he said that he threw a pomegranate at his worker he has a disdain for workers that's actually in his bones he's an elitist in crisp formation in their starched matching uniforms and their little caps patiently awaiting orders from the billionaire class and then there's fox news off by itself occasionally saying things that are slightly different from everyone else on Fox, there are still journalists who are willing to think for themselves sometimes and brave enough to say sometimes. so out loud. It seems like that's what journalism should be. But in 2021, it's a very rare thing. And who is that poor woman? There was a movie that was made about her. I don't think it was Megyn Kelly, was it? But there was that woman who uh, was sexually harassed and several other women who were sexually harassed at Fox News. And they came out about it. They whistle blew and they were fired. They were let go. 
alongside uh what was his name roger ailes who did a lot of that abuse so uh very fascinating here how you can say that uh fox news still has journalists who can think for themselves sometimes but when they think critically about fox news uh -uh -uh, not that way oligarchs hate it jeff bezos for one has had enough of it Bezos has sent forth his personal scribes from the Washington Post to make us go away, to end Fox News. On command, they've written a number of columns suggesting that Fox News must be silenced. They've gone on television to demand that Fox News is silenced. I do think that if we're going to have uh, unity in this country, especially along the lines of working class individuals, that, yeah, Fox News needs to go. Um, and those who peddle the same kind of news as Fox News needs to go. There's probably a way to do conservative news without it being completely misinformation. But unfortunately, there isn't that for conservatives right now. Most of them participate in bad faith arguments and disinformation to keep you away from your actual best interests. Here's one of Jeff Bezos's employees. There are other options, including the fact that cable operators uh, like Comcast and Charter, which send Fox out to hundreds of millions of people, they can demand some accountability in the way that Facebook and, and Twitter have done. And there's also, I think, the possibility of reviving the fairness doctrine. There are a lot of ways to silence Fox News, he has explained on television and in columns. But he doesn't call it silencing Fox News. He says, we must demand some accountability. Authorized questions. No more criticizing like Jeff Bezos. I don't think he said that. He's either. not the only one saying it. That's bad faith. In the last 30 days, a single columnist at the New York Times called Nick Kristoff has written three separate columns demanding that someone please yank this news channel off the air immediately. Just yesterday, Kristoff suggested that this show, the one you're watching, was somehow guilty of terrorism, of violence, something that we've been opposed consistently for four Tucker Carlson's own lawyer argued that. No viewer, no viewer, no reasonable viewer would take Tucker Carlson seriously. His own lawyer argued that in court. It's on record. Four years. How are we guilty of that and why? Well, because Ashley Babbitt, the unarmed protester shot to death at the Capitol on January 6th, apparently watched this show from time to time at 8 p.m. Now, keep in mind that Ashley Babbitt is dead. She paid quite a price for trying to enter the speaker's lobby without permission. And no one mourned her. What kind of country is it, by the way? And we're saying this as a show that was against what they did on January 6th from the second they did it. But what kind of country is it where nobody says, well, wait, that's kind of sad. They shot an unarmed woman. Is that really a death penalty offense? How hard hearted are we that no one can even acknowledge that's sad, which it is? What kind of country is it where a Republican member of Congress from Oklahoma applauded her death immediately. Nick Kristoff is applauding it, but for Nick Kristoff, her death is not enough. I don't think he is applauding it, and I don't know how he's making that through line. Also, he didn't play that representative's clip applauding it as well. I don't know anybody who actually applauded the death of a woman at the Capitol. I don't know anybody of that. And are we going to talk about the cop who also died there? Are we going to talk about him, Tucker? Now we need to ban any television shows that Ashley Babbitt may have watched. That's not the through line here, and that's the spin on the narrative. It has a lot to do with the fact that people that watch your show are less informed. We're not even going to rebut that. It's not even worth your time to hear us explain why that is irrational. 
It's self-evidently irrational. Paul Pot reads the New York Times, therefore we need to close the paper down? John Wayne Gacy liked a Nick Kristoff column, therefore Nick Kristoff is guilty of mass murder? He's a serial- This doesn't even make any sense. This, this is such a bad faith argument and it has actual no through line whatsoever because it's baseless. There's, we're not even in reality anymore. We're, we're talking in a sarcastic, hypothetical realm that's not even, it's not even real. John Wayne Gacy, I don't think, liked a Nick Kristoff uh, article because I don't even know if Nick Kristoff was writing at the time John Wayne Gacy was murdering kids. Killer 2? That's what Nick Kristoff is saying. We would never say something like that, ever. It's too stupid. But nothing is too stupid for Nick Kristoff or the New York Times. What Kristoff lacks in reason, he makes up for with vehemence. Nick Kristoff, in the end, cannot stand the idea that someone somewhere might be publicly disagreeing with him. So he's calling for forcible censorship. What would be nice is if he just said it out. Again, it's not about disagreeing. It's solely about misinformation and leaving people less informed than they, than they were before watching you. Loud. Yeah, I'm calling for censorship. Be a man about it and admit what you're doing. But of course, he'll never do that. These are not men. These are craven servants of the Democratic Party. They are... Which is better that he's like, you know, throwing all these adjectives on him, being a coward and all of that shit, and probably not even inviting him to the show to defend himself. ...are feline, not canine. All of their aggression is passive aggression. Watch another slope-shouldered tool of the oligarchy feign outrage that we have called censorship what it is. Censorship. Oh, but it's not censorship, he whines. It's harm reduction. And remember, he said he would be honored honored if Rupert Murdoch would cane him the way he canes his own workers and servants. This guy is a tool for the oligarchy. This guy is a shill for billionaires. And what's funny is that clip that went viral where that guy told him on his show, which never aired, but he told him that Tucker Carlson is a millionaire funded by billionaires. Let's stop playing here. And Tucker Carlson is telling viewers that this network, CNN, is trying to force Fox News off the air which is patently false. But while some cry cancel culture, let me suggest a different way to think about this. A harm reduction model. But reducing a liar's reach is not the same as censoring freedom of speech. Freedom of speech is different than freedom of reach. Oh, let me suggest a different model. The harm reduction model. Notice the seductively imprecise language of personal therapy. We're all AOC now, it's all about us. It's not a fascist crackdown on free speech by ruthless and power-mad billionaires. No, not at all. It's just harm reduction. Like methadone or Nicorette, it's a way to get better. When they come for you, they will talk like social workers. I mean, that's a good, that's actually a funny comparison to say that they're like Nicorette. But honestly, Fox News is cigarettes. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with the, the characterization that CNN is Nicorette because they don't actually make any meaningful... Um, criticisms of the establishment for the most part. Um, that's why they're more like Nicorette gum, but Fox News is full on cigarettes. It feels good when you're, when you're puffing it, but ultimately it is killing you. So that's great. Uh, that's, that's Tucker Carlson, the elitist shill for Rupert Murdoch. And that is going to be Tox News for today. Uh, follow me on Toxin, uh, on Twitter at ToxinPod, T-O-X-N-P-O-D. Uh, you can see the video itself where you can see my beautiful face, wonderful flag on YouTube and under Tox News. Uh, got writings on 
uh, portamrebellion.net. And then you can find this podcast wherever you get your uh, casted pods. So uh, catch me next time. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's continue detoxing this because obviously the work still has to be done because Fox News is not being held accountable anytime soon. Thanks for watching and listening. Blah, blah, blah. Have a good one.